you return to us and our little shit show we have going on here episode three um, and we I think today we're planning to talk about boundaries right after our nice little discussion on burnout we're gonna delve into maybe some boundary setting today we did yeah that's what I think we're gonna talk about today is boundaries and boundaries around the workplace yes yes and, you know, it'll spill over hopefully into home life and all the things. But That's because we're spillage, like a toxic sludge spillage. That's why it just goes everywhere. Beautiful. You sound like you had a good week, Mel. <laughs> um, so my weekend, I'm going to totally paraphrase it. I'm going to let all our listeners know that when we decided to do this this morning to, to fit our time in, I, I texted Nicole and said, letting you know I'm cranky AF cranky as fuck because I didn't sleep last night yet again. And this whole little not sleeping thing of perimenopause is yeah. bullshit. I know. And so when you said you hadn't slept, I'm like, oh, well, lovely. We're both yeah. without sleep. So we're and both we're without sleep <laughs> and we're cranky as fuck, which means that we're going to be completely honest with everything that's going on today, right? Yeah, Absolutely. I know that you and I already talked about this before, but I'm still stuck on that article that I told you about before on the Korean um, phenomenon that happens. I'm in school for my postmasters, right? I'm doing my psych mental mm -hmm. health, and I'm still ruminating on that whole syndrome that happens in South mm -hmm. Korean women, um, middle-aged women who um, get hit with these bouts of anger. And um, it's called um, Wa Young or Wa Bung. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Okay, when um, you say Wa Bung, I think of my asshole. I'm just letting you know. Yeah. So. <laughs> I know, that's, I have no idea. It is called, and if anybody speaks Korean, please rescue please me from rescue. my... Poor pronunciation, but it's spelled H-W-A hyphen B-Y-U-N-G, and it's called the anger syndrome or fire illness. So it translates into fire illness, and it is um, in South Korean women aged, I think it's 40 to like 60, so you know, right there in middle age, and these women get um, physical symptoms, they get emotional symptoms, they, you know, physical symptoms are like tightness, Breathlessness, numbness, headaches, digestive problems, you know, anxiety-based symptoms. And then um, the psychological is like hate and resentment and grief and anxiety. And I'm sitting here reading, you know, depression, regret. And I'm like, right, they're freaking middle-aged women who, like, have woken um, up yep, and yep. are angry. They're angry as fuck about life. 
about what they've sacrificed, how they've spent their whole world mm -hmm. um, taking care of everyone else, that whole caregiver syndrome. And, and now they're just pissed off, angry, and depressed about it. And um, it's a big deal in the Korean society because um, women, you know, traditionally are supposed to keep it all together. We're not supposed right. to experience emotion. We're supposed to be the ones that um, keep everyone happy, at smile and nod. Mm -hmm. um, and so I just found it so interesting, this whole idea of this as like a syndrome that women need to be treated for right. versus society needs problems. to fix <laughs> like this is a cultural and it's understanding cultural i'm trying to be yeah yeah and then and i get that the korean society and the culture is remarkably different than our western society so you know being but is sensitive it really because that. but like i'm like reading yeah I, exactly I, that. is it like, really i see myself in this <laughs> i yeah. see myself in this and i don't know it's like i wanted to reach out to these women and be like Yes. Yes. Us too. Yeah. I resonate with that. Like, cause I feel like some mornings I wake up in a state of anger. So <laughs> right. Just you look at me funny. Yeah. Like it's just, it was just so, oh, fuck you. you know, it, it just, as I read this, um, there was one piece I'm trying to look through the study now, um, that really, really resonated as, um, the women's role within society and then how the syndrome plays out and how it's mm -hmm. experienced by the people around them. Right. Um, just so, so aggravating, but it really is well, in that, like this phenomenon that has to be treated correct. to get her right. back to, to that, get her back. that box that she was in. Cause she needs to listen, baby needs to be put back in that cage. Okay. We can't handle yeah. her when she's got wings and she's trying to come out. No. Yes. She's, she's, the human giver syndrome, right? That's what that right exactly. Yeah, yep, Emily yes, Nagoski. That's human... what she calls it. Yes. Um, so you know, over in the Asian culture, it's it's called the Wayang, or please, like we said, somebody correct us. You know, and then here, I think it's just you know, it's uh, that human giver syndrome. We're burnt. Yeah, I don't want to do that out. anymore. We I don't want to play that. Giving our life to people, and it comes apart. You know, it comes about when the children are grown <clears throat> and they've left the nest right. and. Before they've reached, because in in you know the eastern, more eastern cultures, when you've gotten to a certain age, you kind of settle into a place of wisdom and a place of respect, and the mm -hmm. elders are elevated to a mm -hmm. point. Um, and so these women are kind of in that in between world, right? There's no longer that mm -hmm. role for them available, and they haven't quite achieved the next level of elder, and they're in this free fall. And they're looking around at everything they sacrificed and all the happiness that they didn't achieve for themselves so that everybody else could be happy. Right, right. And they suddenly wake up pissed off. Yeah. yeah. Right. They, they're yep. depressed. They're angry. They're anxious. They're having physical manifestations of that. Like, it made so much sense to me. But it was the whole discussion um, was on the level, of course, we're in a psych mental health program. And so it was on the theoretical components and the treatment components. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting there in the discussion group going, but wait, hold on. Right, like, right. Isn't anybody right. else upset is, about this? 
like, like that this we is have a cultural this? right. This is this is why do we have to treat this? Let's the, the issue stems from the society that we have yes. been put. You know the box we've been placed in yeah. when the moment we're born and we were labeled a female, and that's the role we played. Yes, right? and that is the true core. And, and obviously adding in the, the whole paternalistic and the misogyny and everything else that our society yeah. likes to do. But um, And it just, yeah, yeah. It, was, and, and, it was so interesting to me. Oh, just, it's so, yeah. That it's, it's, it's the same but different. Um, and yep. within a whole different culture, um, the same things are, you know, being expressed at about the same points in right, life when right. we as women look around and realize that our value has never been truly acknowledged and um yeah and that we're just supposed to keep doing what we're doing and then if we make noise about it it's like shh you know. yeah don't do that don't do that now and then that gets us back into glennon doyle it's uncomfortable. And her book. yep yeah yeah we want everybody to be a cheetah okay yeah yeah so you know um, I do like how you said they call it the, the fire season or was some, what'd you say? Fire, fire illness. Fire illness, illness right? though. <laughs> illness. I don't like the illness. Fire I'm going to call it fire season. Okay. Yes. Um, yes. Because love that. it's a season, you know, middle life is a season for us women. Um, and I think that's interesting because I know I'm experiencing some hot flashes right You know, now I have been yeah. for about a year. So, um, that's interesting. Like that's a fire, like that, yeah. that Asian all... yin yang thing. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah. So anyway, I just wanted to bring that up and Thank you. just have a I moment to... I love that you are in this program and going to bring all this fun stuff yes. and studies. Maybe we can yes. link it in um, show notes or link. Yes, yeah. absolutely. We'll provide a link to the study. Mm-hmm. There's some really good information in there. Um, yeah, and I as encourage always, everybody to. We will link all our books and things that we reference, but yeah, we're not getting paid to do any of this stuff, so right. <laughs> you know, I have a. I told Nicole, I have like. She said to me the other day, she goes, "I wish I had time to read like you." And I said, "I write a par- I read a paragraph at night before I go to sleep." So it really took me to read three pages. It was like a week, and I have a stack of books twelve deep. Yeah, my bedside table. Forget yeah. it. Like, forget I it. Have forget it. So much I want to read. Right. Okay. And so here, let's acknowledge this. I think this will sit well, sit with a, a lot of us. We'll we'll sit here and we can hear this in ourselves. Um, if I take time to sit in my cozy little chair that I bought in my little nook to read for me in my glorious sunshine, um, I feel guilty. I feel guilty because I think of all the other things that I could be doing for other people like laundry and cleaning and um, writing a stupid policy or, you know, or um, going outside and, and shoveling, you know, I mean, like, I think of all these other things that I could be doing and I should be doing. I struggle with that, which is ridiculous because it's reading a book. It's not like I'm on TikTok for three hours. Right. Which and I it's... do. I will confess once I get on TikTok, it could be three hours. Oh my God. It's the reason I will not put it on my phone. Uh, I get enough of it through the stuff that my daughter sends me and that my husband sends me. That's plenty. But it, and, it, and again, that goes back to our topic for today. That's actually yep. a beautiful segue about boundaries and yep. how difficult it is for us as women mm-hmm. to set boundaries, 
and enforce them. So thank you for that because that just segued us right into the conversation. I, I tried for that. <laughs> you did it very well. Um, so yeah, boundaries are the kind of thing we want to talk about today and how difficult it is um, to set them. What do boundaries, good boundaries look like? Mm-hmm. Um, how to live with the discomfort. I think that is the hardest part is once we set a boundary, um, people respond to them. And they and don't it's usually, usually like usually not in a good way. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. It's not. And especially women with other women, I feel like, um, you know, we're used to the response of the men in our lives when we set boundaries of how they whine and they cry and, and they mope, you know. Yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. they, they have their little tantrums about boundaries. And so we anticipate that. And I think we account for that when we try and set them still it can be hard but we you know in our mind we know it's coming um but when women respond to other women's boundaries it can get ugly Ugly. yeah and i think what i react most to that is that in in social media you see this all those little memes those little posts you know other women straighten other women's crowns until you set a boundary (laughs) Yeah, and then all bets other are women off. support other women and build them up until you set a boundary. I'm gonna rip your ass back down, right? Um, yeah, until you say yeah. no, not me. No, that's not okay. That's mm-hmm. that's I'm not, not comfortable something I can do right now. I'm not right. comfortable. Um, and then or just it, no. It, yeah, full sentence, right? Full no sentence. is a full sentence. Um, and then you see people get really uncomfortable. Um, and people seem to feel like they are entitled to. Yes. They're entitled to your answer and your explanation, yeah. which they're not. No. They are not. You don't have to explain your boundaries. I think nope. that's something that women have a really hard time um, wanting other people to accept their boundaries. And so they feel like if they can get you on board with that boundary, that it'll feel so much better. Yeah. It'll feel so much better better for me to set this boundary if I can get you to accept my boundary. And that's right. Right. And that's about accepting work. (laughs) It's not because that's about you wanting to be accepted by somebody else. Right. Yes. And if you're starting your boundary off with, oh, I'm sorry, but no, yeah, no, no, doesn't belong there. It's really uncomfortable to, to mm-hmm. drop the pretense from it. I, I have to say um, it's a struggle and it takes practice. And even when you start doing it and you start to feel that empowerment, there's still going to be situations where it feels uncomfortable to not provide explanation yep. or apologize or give background. Like it, it's, it's hard. It's not something it's that's hard. a one and, and done. Every day. Mm-hmm. No. It's every day. Super important though for protecting you. Like that's the foundation mm-hmm. of your protection from burnout, protection from mm-hmm. mental health, anxiety, depression, um, boundaries. Yep. Boundaries. It's the foundation of what you need to build off of for your house. Yeah. This it is, is. The I mean, that's a really foundation. Yeah. 
It really is. And it's probably one of the hardest things for us as women, right. like you said, the human givers. We, we are labeled that and we do it right from the get-go. Um, and I, I think it's interesting, like what age do we lose or we've never been allowed to be able to set our own boundaries? Like, Well, think about uh, <clears throat> like little girls, you know? Yeah. Um, we start training them from the get-go. Mm-hmm to to lose their be nice um i can remember distinctly as a little child you know let's see we had moved back up here so i was probably five or six years old um and my mother um saying to me that i had to hug other people Mm. and i didn't like that yeah right i never i'm i I'm better now in my 40s about hugging other people. Like I'm, a, I'm more comfortable <laughs> with it now. But like yeah. that, I was not a cuddly kid. It was not a cuddly baby. Was not. I was a tomboy. Like I was just not. And so, and and to be told, and it felt so wrong to me inside. Like why are you telling me it's okay to like this is my body? But then on the other hand of it, you lose that boundary, right? You're being told by an adult that that boundary that you feel inside is right. That you're knowing. That you is is wrong, but you're being told that by your parent, by your adult, right? So it's like this dismantling, constantly of a female. Um, yeah, and as we get older, it just it's like a, a you know a snowflake rolling down a mountainside. It just gets mm-hmm. bigger and mm-hmm. and heavier as you get older. So we finally get to this place, and we get to this career where so much is required of us just on the face of it. Even if you are 100% perfect at setting boundaries, this career is very, very intense. Mm-hmm. And most of us suck about setting boundaries. So, mm-hmm. right. right. So you, you combine that intensity of our career, intensity of the work that we do with our difficulty of setting boundaries with each other, with um, patients, our clients. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with our family. That um, feeling of wanting to be the one to be there for people. Mm-hmm. And because it's, only you can do it. It leads to burnout. <laughs> like it's in that, that martyrdom mm-hmm. that comes into play. Um, I hope we'll find um, the time to have a full conversation just on martyrdom. But you can see how um, that whole idea of sacrificing yourself uh, and has like, no boundaries to it at right. all. It's just not healthy. It's not ideal. Mm-hmm. But it's sometimes the standard by which we seem to measure ourselves as midwives. Yep, I agree. I think we've set ourselves up for that. Um, and so I, I think that so many of us come into this helping profession as nurses, um, as midwives, you know, because not all of us are certified nurse midwives. So we all have varied backgrounds. Um, we come into this with that human giver syndrome, that helper syndrome. We have to help Mm -hmm. everybody, right? Um, And there's so Mm -hmm. much, you know, for me personally, I mean, there's trauma in my life, you know, and so I can feel and empathize so much with what my patients are bringing to me and sharing and trust that they're placing in me when they're in my room with me. Um, But it it also, because you can recognize it and feel it, it gives you one hand where you're like, I know how to help you get past some of this and, and sit with it and, and learn how to um, navigate it. But then on the other hand, you're like, 
shit, I have to make some boundaries here too, you know, to make yeah. this okay for me as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's so it's easy to fall into. <clears throat> it's easy to fall in, that. and especially around the giving of life mm-hmm. and procreation of life and the giving birth and, you know, breastfeeding and that whole aspect, that first year of becoming a mother, whether it's your first child or your eighth, that first year, uh, it's so changing for a woman. And so, you know, you want to be helpful, right? But you also, you have to set that boundary too of... And I try and remind other midwives when I'm in conversation, like, Mm -hmm. you're not doing that person any favors, actually. You're not helping them to find their own empowerment. And and empowerment is not something we can actually give to other women. You cannot make someone empowered. No, they have to get that on their own. It's always claimed by that individual. So people who still use the language of empowering women, we're not. And you're not going to be empowering women if you constantly make yourself the, the answer Available at all times. All of their, yeah, to all of their problems. Like they just need to reach out to you or they just need Mm -hmm. to get in contact with you. That's not where empowerment comes from even. Um, Empowerment has to come from within that person. So all we can do is create the environment in which empowerment by the individual individual Mm -hmm. is more likely to occur. And that's kind of inherent in setting boundaries because... They need to see boundaries to be able to learn how to do it themselves. Um, and I know it's hard. Like, we want to serve women. But to serve women, we need to model. And to serve ourselves first. What it looks like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So Saying Nicole, no. Yeah, I was just going to say. some to say no. <laughs> give us some examples of some boundaries. Because I think... You and I both have yeah. done some hard work over this boundaries in the, definitely yeah. in the past year. Um, for those of you who don't know, Nick and I are very similar aged. We're only a year apart. And so we're kind of, we're going through the same stuff together, um, which is fun that I have a person that gets it yes. at all times. That has more experience than you by a year. <laughs> yeah, by a year, right? <laughs> um, I'm like, oh, I went through that last year. <laughs> yeah, I did that already. Yeah, you know, it's, it's always, I'm like, great. Okay, thanks. Um, so, you know, you and I both have struggled with workplace boundaries. Yeah. And listening to that, that knowing Mm -hmm. of when it's time to, um, leave or, you know, when, when it's time, when it's not working for you, when it's time, yeah, when it's, it's, I like, it's not working for me. Right. Yeah. Um, because you're your you set your own you occupy your own space you're your own empowerer so if it's not working for you you need to figure this out for yourself Um, and I think we've talked about this before like in workplace with midwives this is it's so hard (laughs) it's so hard when you start to set a boundary with your patients they have emotions about it sometimes depending Mm -hmm. on the environment in which you're working in you get backlash even from the other midwives you work with or your director uh-huh. um, or your front staff. The patients get, or your, yeah, mm-hmm. you, you set a boundary and you say, 
this is what I'm willing to do. This is not what I'm willing to yep. do. And you might get backlash from your actual employer about or that. The, or and the patient might, will go patients, on social media and tell yeah, everybody you're, you might, you'll, or you're, you're a know, horrible you're provider. Like, patients, yeah, patients are saying <laughs> this or that about you. And you have to feel okay with mm-hmm. who you are as a provider to know like I'm I'm a good midwife I'm a good provider I'm providing safe care I'm right. providing appropriate care um, but when you're in a practice maybe where other people don't set boundaries and then mm-hmm. you set a boundary it looks different it than does. the rest of the people you're, and it creates you're some with. backlash I and think. so people respond to that yep. yeah I can say from personal experience that I've been more about boundaries than maybe some of the other midwives I've worked mm-hmm. with and that doesn't play well always with the clients. And, um, you know, I have to rely on the fact that I'm a very good midwife. Yes, you are. And, you know, I, I'm not afraid to to say, like, I feel secure in the level of care I give and the amount of empathy mm-hmm. and what I bring to the room, how much I, I love, actually love the women I'm caring for. Um, so when it comes to somebody complaining to me about about me to somebody else about the boundaries I've set. It's not about you. It's you know about that, them, honestly. Yeah. It's about it's them. It's not about me. It's, and it's, I'm not going to change that for customer service reasons. Right. Right. And nope. that's uncomfortable for people. And they don't like it. Yes. And that's and, sitting in the discomfort. <laughs> Uh-huh. That's how that looks. And you get called out for it or oh, it's because right. I set a boundary. Not because of the care I gave. It's because I set a boundary. Mm-hmm. And they're not used to seeing that in this practice. So setting boundaries by nature of the mm-hmm. action sets other things into motion that might reveal to you that it's maybe not the best fit or um, maybe you're setting boundaries right. allow somebody else right. to say, I want to set a boundary too. <laughs> they set boundaries. So, but it's, it's definitely not a comfortable thing when you first start doing it and there's backlash it's, and it can be, that painful, is their own shit, but it's not about that you. they don't want to deal with. So that just understand that. And I, when I, am able to step outside of myself and look at it from that way, then I feel much better about things. Like I'm sitting there. I always, you know, that first initial, oh, because, mm-hmm. you know, again, I was raised with yeah. don't upset the apple cart, right? You know, and I'm like, oh, they don't like me. They're not going to accept me, right? No, bullshit. Step outside of that and look at it and be like, yeah. okay, they're yeah. wounded too. They've got trauma in their life as well. That's what they're using to cope. And their mechanisms to be able to get through their life, right? That's their deal. So, but this is me and how I need to be right now to make it okay for me. That is brilliant for you to point out too. Yeah. What they're responding to oftentimes are their own needs and their own trauma. What they do. And then also if they probably acknowledge it, like deep down what they want to be able to do and don't have the skills um, or the bravery yet. And it'll come. The courage will be there. Um, you know, it, mm-hmm. it comes. And it's little steps, small little things. Right. Absolutely. It's, it really is something that I highly encourage people to practice um, setting a new boundary that's small and testing it out and seeing how that goes, whether it's with 
kids or your partner mm-hmm. or someone else that you trust? I actually, now I'm going to totally confess to this. Um, I have an easier time setting boundaries with people I don't know. Yeah, I can see that. Than with my intimate circle. Except for you and Lisa. I, we're really good about what we do with each other. But I think that's because we're all pretty healthy in the same environment. So we're, we're really good with that. Um, I heard something the other day. When I was listening to a podcast. Oh, and which podcast was it? It may have been something with Brene Brown. And she said that for a boundary, think of it this way. And this was like gold to me. Um, when somebody asks you to do something... Because right away, it's a knee-jerk response, right? We're all like, oh, of course, I'll do it, right? Or, or no, I won't. It's like right away. So I've, I've been able to start stepping back from that and thinking, and be like, I'm going to get back to you about that, right? Which is hard. That's a boundary right there by saying, yeah. I'll get back to you. Yep. Um, and then when you think about it, she said to think of it this way. Is that something you want to be held accountable for? Yes, that's Brene. Correct. I love that interpretation. Holy fuck. That was yeah. like a life. That was a life-changing yeah. moment for me. To, that was to have it worded and that I needed to hear it like that mm-hmm. um, because now when somebody says to me can you do XYZ and I'm like hmm I really don't want to bring cupcakes and be held accountable for two dozen cupcakes no thanks sorry yeah. <laughs> not gonna do it <laughs> right yeah. can and I make you, really fucking good cupcakes can sorry. you work this culture for me yeah. can you swap can you right. do this can you yes um you know I have yes. somebody coming from out of town I really want to spend mm-hmm. time with them can we just swap yep um yep do I want to be held accountable for that? no yeah. no <laughs> I, I I don't no. sorry I've already I feel settled with a schedule that I have I don't want to be held yes. and when I say we don't want to be you know I don't want to be held accountable for that I'm thinking now I have to go back to my partner um, and tell him that we need to switch things up. He's going yep. to say, uh, you were supposed to get the kids that day. And I'm mm-hmm. so when I say I don't want to be held accountable for that, I'm not saying I don't want to be held accountable for it. Like I can't do call. I'm saying I don't want to be held accountable for that it's in terms of the disruptions the it's other... going to cause. Correct. Could Correct. I do that? Yes, I, I probably could. Do I want to be held accountable for it? Mm-mm. No. No, I'm sorry. Oh my God. It was switch. gold. It was gold. Yeah. Yeah. Gold. It changed me as well. I don't want to be held accountable for that. Yeah. She, that, I, I sat there and just, I actually paused the podcast after she said that and I was like, huh. Can you just write this yeah. script for me? <laughs> can you just, can you? The, the the DMs, right? Like, hey, yeah. yep. can you just, yeah. I yeah. don't want to be held accountable for that. Right, right. Yeah, that, that okay. So there's Ooh. another good boundary. Yeah, the let's talk about it. people that reach out to you, okay, I'm going to talk about it because this is, a, this is a stickler for me because I don't do it. The people that reach out to you over social media requesting medical advice or scripts. Yeah. And I will, I'm not being held accountable people for reach that. out to me. Nope. Sorry. I will say things like I'm concerned mm-hmm. that 
you don't feel comfortable going to your provider with this question. Oh, you that's a good one. Might want to yeah. think about that. Yeah, that's. A good <laughs> I know thing. it's. Yeah, but it's like, why? Why are you coming to me? Oh, you just want free right. advice. Well, you just you found out advice? I'm not going to give yeah. it. <laughs> um, and I've put it back on you to think about. Like, mm-hmm. is this is this mm-hmm. a relationship? Yeah, put it issue? back on you. Is, do you I truly not feel comfortable part. with going to your own provider or do you want well, me to give you something say. for free because you're not Cor- correct it's both and I, yeah. I think the sad part of this is um they don't feel I, I feel that a lot of the the questions I get are because they don't feel comfortable with their provider or, mm-hmm. or they're not getting their answers or they're not getting right them. Mm-hmm. yeah and they're, they're not getting them and I've had conversations with people where I've, I've said and I could okay, give them you know, and you know, this is what I'll 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 answer to this right. point. But really, honestly, that's all I'm going to give you. But um, yeah. I mean, I'm not evil, but I do like to point out to the people that come to me in that way. Like, these are conversations you should be able to have with the person that's giving you care. And if you don't feel comfortable yep. with that, yep. maybe you need to rethink who your provider is. Rethink or how your you ask for things. Correct. You're fine. You're fine violating my boundary. But you're mm-hmm. afraid to violate their boundary. Why is that? Their boundary. Like, they're your provider. Oh, and then the free part of this yeah. irritates me because I'm valued, <laughs> but you don't want to pay me my value. Right. So, and I have that you know, as a core value for myself is I don't work for free. Yep. I, let me tell value. you, a core value. And I had to come by that one with a lot of work. Again, me personally. Me too. Um, because, it, yeah, because I, I just, it stems to like, you, you want people to like you, mm-hmm. right? You want people to use you. And I think um, they're going to like you more, actually, if you say, sure, I'll take care of that for you. My fee's $250. Because if they value you, they'll come Correct. back. And... I think for the people who do things like home birth, um, I think this gets really messy sometimes um, because we really want to provide that service and we really want to um, give people that who are seeking Mm -hmm. it. Um, And sometimes Mm -hmm. I feel like, um, especially in the home birth environment, because we're not bound to a larger institution that's watching over our shoulder regarding billing and all those things that we bend our own rules, we make accommodations. Um, and it, it really devalues what you're doing as a midwife. Um, I think, and it will come back to bite you in the butt. Yeah. Yeah. I I think if it's a, if it's a service that people want, they should have to pay for it. Um, when I had my home birth, my first home birth, um, it was at a time when my husband was out of work. I was the only one bringing in income. Um, and it was important to me to have my home birth. And so we found a way, living mm-hmm. in an expensive city like Chicago at the time, on one income, um, we found a way to pay cash for it because our insurance was not going to reimburse us for our home birth. Um, I could have taken the steps to fight with them over it. I didn't have the emotional wherewithal to do that at that time. I probably would now, um, but at the time I did not. But I valued that service that I was getting from that 
midwifery practice. And I found a way to make it happen and I paid for it. So this is a lived value for me. So I don't really, when people want to argue it or they want to like make something different out of it, I'm like, it was important to me and I paid for it. Um, right. And I think as home birth midwives, that needs to be your standard. It has it really to be. Does. And it, because again, if we don't set that boundary for ourselves, um, I don't think it's fair. And I hate to use that word fair, but I don't think it's fair to the other home birth midwives in your community. Mm-hmm. I really don't. I, I think it's wrong. So if you're going to devalue yourself just to get women to come to your practice, and it, it, I don't know, I think it just gets sticky. It gets yeah. ugly. You all need to value each other and what you bring. Yeah. Everybody's got a different, you're going to attract different people. Not everybody's going to go to one midwife because they don't mesh with that one. They might want something a little bit different. Um, yeah. So especially in the home. And what you're doing is important and you need to get mm-hmm. paid for it. It's so important. So important. People will find and a insurance way. companies don't honor it. No, they don't. Yep. Yep. They don't. We're going to do a whole section on, on yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll be diving into home birth, yeah, and birth center birth at a hospital because that's our, our true passion for you and I. Absolutely. Um, and I want home birth midwives to, to feel that they can ask to be paid for the work they do, that they don't have to, to make accommodations um, just to, to keep people happy, to keep reviews mm-hmm. good or keep that word of mouth that's so important in the birthing community. Um, Over time, if you value yourself, the community will value value you back. Correct. Correct. I agree. Yeah. I think we did some good work around this. I know. I love love these conversations. I do too. You and I have them a lot, so yeah, I, I, we bounce them off each other. We feel. I feel like um, we're just bringing to light all of the things we've yeah. been talking about for years and years and years. Anyway, yeah, um, it feels really, really good. Um, I really want our people, our midwives out there listening, to like really kind of experiment with this whole idea of setting boundaries and getting comfortable with mm-hmm. how people respond to them. And living in the mm-hmm. discomfort of them, and then seeing that everything was ultimately okay too. Like they survived right. the yes. the little yes. bit of period where people responded. Um, maybe you found that you have to over time find a better fit for yourself, but those mm-hmm. things are just going to make you happier. Yep, and feel and more you. in your grow skin. You. Yeah, yes. It's all about. Yeah. Getting to that place where you're comfortable in your own skin and you can mm-hmm. feel good about the decisions you make and the way you show up and feel strong yeah. and confident and the, in that. Yep. Yep. I love it. You you got it. You summed it. I love you guys out there. This is what I want for us as midwives. Yes. It's going to go. And I'm still fashion. figuring it out. Like I'm... Oh. I'm talking yes, to myself. Like as we talk, it's like I'm building myself up for that next yes. boundary that I yes. need to set for the next boundary for the you next know? one. Um, yep. But it is super uncomfortable. I get that. The response people have to boundaries, it's it is it's not a. But again, I just place. 
it's not a comfortable place, but I want, as long as you can, like I said, take, and again, this is a skill, a learned skill, take yourself out of that mm-hmm. and just put yourself into their space and say, this isn't about me. This is about them and what they've had to do in their life to get by. So, and then this is what you're doing in your life now to be able to make things okay for you. Um, So, and that works. It does. I think when you keep coming back to that conversation, even when it gets really hard or really uncomfortable, even when people are saying things that are uncomfortable because you know they're they're a response and they're not necessarily mm-hmm. um, positive things. They may not even be true things um, or they just might be emotionally charged things that are being said. Mm-hmm. Um, the discomfort can get strong and you might be thinking, oh shit, what did I do? There, I, right. I, I yeah. wish I could undo that because now I'm, I, this wasn't what I wanted to happen with my boundary. It may not be what you wanted to happen right away with your boundary, but over time, I think mm-hmm. sometimes those rewards are a little bit further down the road than you think they are. They're not always yeah. going to be immediate. Um, there's that period of discomfort. And then once you get through the discomfort um, and you feel intact, then I think you start to feel that empowerment and you can take mm-hmm. that to your next boundary. Um, so yeah. you start small. You start with little things that aren't going to produce big amounts of discomfort. <laughs> You start with like, you know, something simple as like, you know, like when I'm people are trying to decide where to order today. from. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. gonna sit and read yeah. for pleasure. I'm gonna sit and read, and today I'm gonna pleasure. sit in discomfort with yeah. the the guilt of it. Or yeah. when yeah. you're trying to decide what to have for dinner, and you really want the one thing, you're not just going to discount what you Appease want and go else. with what the group yep. wants. Yeah. Those are boundaries. Yep. So it it starts small. It's not always some big, ginormous, I need Lopping, to change my schedule, change. right? Or I need to change practices. Like they're all boundaries, the little ones, the big ones. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing how much discomfort can just come from expressing your desire for something yeah. and not immediately stepping back from it and just going with the group decision. Right. Like, right. That's hard. Yes. That's there's discomfort in just that moment. Yep. Of saying, Mm -hmm. I think I want, I think what I need, that really doesn't sit right with me. I'm thinking it's different. Yeah. Yep. And then they all turn. So like, what? (laughs) What did you just, so start small, build from there, practice boundaries, Um, be okay with the discomfort. It doesn't mean you did something wrong. It really, I think the more uncomfortable people get, it probably speaks to more how right it is for you. How right you're doing. Yeah. For yourself. We'd love to hear it. Yeah. Tell us your boundaries. Talk about it. We want to hear about it. Let's carry this conversation over to our social media media. side of things. Um, Tell me your success stories tell me how mm-hmm. it 
maybe was disastrous and didn't go right. Like we want to hear and right. have that discussion on, on the boundary issue. Um, and we wish you yeah. well in the next week. We will be back. Okay. Um, so until then, stay present and be curious, have courage, and come back to see us next week. Bye, y'all. Gotta find my belly burning for the ones who misbehave. I will drive my tank down every road they haven't paid. Glamorous rage, the motion we need to blow up the roof and tear up the streets. Time to wake up, time to find your own light. Oh, good soldiers eventually. I'm a